and welcome to uh, From the Rookery End uh, at Wembley. Not for the first time uh, our trip to Wembley, is it Michael? No, but potentially hopefully the last. <laughs> well, what, why the last? Well, I don't think I've really, apart from watching Metallica here um, and various other... Uh, oh, I don't think I've had much, uh, many happy memories of New Wembley, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, the New Wembley, of course. Uh, the great 99 uh, will always make the old Wembley a uh, fantastic place. It's half-time now. Uh, Watford are playing Spurs. Uh, Currently 1-0 to Spurs. A couple of uh, chances here, there and everywhere um, for Watford that could have, but really weren't quite close enough. Um, as you expected as you, so far, do you think, Michael? I, th- I actually think Watford have given a better account of themselves than we probably might have expected. I think the, uh, the Tottenham goal, as we talked at half-time, came from a, a mistake from Carnesis, unfortunately. He came out to collect a cross and fumbled it. Uh, a lot of, uh, lot of uh, <laughs> expletives headed his way from our particular area of the, uh, the ground, which I didn't necessarily agree with. He made a genuine mistake, but unfortunately, it comes to a place like this against a team like Tottenham, you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, we've gone 1-0 down and you thought that'd be us in a, uh, in a terrible situation but actually Watford have done reasonably well since then and uh, carved out at least a couple of opportunities so considering how Watford, has, Watford have performed away from home under Javi Gracia and having gone 1-0 down I'm actually reasonably optimistic going into the second half that could be the, uh, the uh, pale ale I'm enjoying <laughs> talking but uh, no I think Watford have actually done reasonably okay reasonably okay yeah, it's, uh, it is a, a trip to Wembley. We've been, I think, I think, I think this is my eleventh trip now here. Um, third time I've seen Watford. Uh, all the NFL games I've been to, and a, a couple of England matches, and uh, one uh, Johnson's Paint Trophy final. Yeah. Um, but it, it felt weird coming to Wembley for a normal Watford League game with no hype, no no massive nerves first in the morning. I always have whenever we played it beforehand. It was. Yeah, it was almost, not surreal I want to say, but just a weird walking up to Wembley with almost nothing going on. And normally, like, especially the NFL games, there's like stupid amounts of things going on. Yeah, you're right. And I think Stu Hutchison on, um, on Twitter, um, if you don't follow him, you should, he, uh, he started today by saying, I've woken up, Watford are playing at Wembley, and it's the first time I haven't uh, been done a nervous sick or something <laughs> like that. Because usually it's a cup semi-final or it's a, a playoff final or something like that. And obviously that, all the nerves and, 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 and nervous excitement that come along with that, and that just wasn't there today. Largely because I think most people, and I don't think anyone would uh, would disagree with me here, most people expected Watford are just going to turn up and, and lose. Um, but there's a larger sort of conversation to be had about how Wembley Stadium is used and whether it should be um, utilised only as a special um, location for, for special games. And, and you have to say, yeah, I mean, uh, if you follow Watford away from home, you'll know that the concourse is usually jumping wherever it is, whether it's uh, pre-season friendly away uh, Woking or... Um, away at Notts Forest wherever you go the, the away concourse is usually jumping and tonight you just don't get that there it's no. almost it's almost as if it's really really close we ought to go as Watford supporters uh, and people have come out of more a, a sense of duty than anything else but that- it, it's quite it, it, it's well lit um, it was quite <laughs> easy to get to the bar um, it's just it's a bit too nice I think that's what it is you know like where do we go it was um, you know when we went to Southampton away for the FA Cup it felt like really in. It felt like, you know, it was it was a bit dingy. Yeah, it no. was like, and, and, and that sort of sets you off a little bit. But this is just, like I say, very well lit. It's soulless, is yeah. what it is. And I used to think when um, when Wembley first opened, and Arsenal had been here four or five times, Chelsea had been here four or five times, United and City had been here four or five times, and they'd say, oh god, it's just such a soulless place to go. And at that stage, our only experience had been an FA Cup semi final and a playoff final. And you think, how can you get bored of going? And of course. 
you do once once you get to, and it sounds what a terrible thing to say what a what a Premier League football supporter thing to say <laughs> but in terms of like atmosphere in terms of what it um, generates it's, it's difficult to generate atmosphere there's a lot of people here um, well not a lot of people here tonight there's a lot of empty seats amongst the, there's uh, more than there is normally at Vicarage Road at least of course there is of course there is but it's difficult to generate an atmosphere even you know there's 3,000 Watford supporters here tonight but you're dotted around a fairly sizeable area you're not penned in like you say John it's not like a, a small uh, corner of the ground it's uh, it's a spacious which was what Wembley was designed to be a comfortable sports arena and, and it is that but it doesn't really um, lend itself to generating a raucous uh, buzzing atmosphere and uh, yeah it's uh, I don't know. It's always good to be here, but I think if I lived in further away than I do, I can be here in 35 minutes on the train. I wouldn't be a massive fan. As it is, it's local. It's on my doorstep, so I'm really happy, to, really happy uh, to be at Wembley. It's just, it's just easy. But um, yeah, I think the bigger picture is Watford are turning in probably one of their better performances at the new stadium. Well, let's see how the second half goes. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. Uh, before we go back in, uh, let's finish our drinks. We have a chat about the uh, At Your Place event. Uh, so uh, it was the first time the club uh, have gone out this season to an, uh, an event. You were there, Michael, with Geordie. Yep. Uh, and it was very much a, uh, it was a Eunice Cabal was there. Uh, Scott Duxbury, the chairman, um, executive chairman. And also uh, Adrian Mariapa. Uh, Geordie and DCWI, uh, sorry, uh, Jason DCWI went to the uh, our place event a couple of weeks ago. Was it, uh, you know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Was there anything new going to come out in such a short period of time? Um, how did, uh, first of all, Mike, how did it feel being at the event? Oh, terrific. And let's be clear about this. For those of you who don't know, Amersham Cricket Club, it's not a, it is a lovely part of the world and it's a, it's a lovely cricket ground. But in terms of where it was, we were in the pavilion, which is basically a, and uh, don't take this the wrong way but it's a glorified sort of scout hut type thing I reckon there probably was 150 uh, uh, maximum Watford supporters there and I have to say that it is so impressive that our football club does these things and in the age that we currently live in where there's a lot of invective on, uh, on social media and forums and so on and so forth a lot of people venting their spleen and getting cross about this that and the other well what Watford actually do is put forward senior members of staff and actual real-life first-team players so if you've got an issue you can go and ask them um, what particularly you know, you, you know Scott was there um, did you ask a question did you, you know, what, what did you sort of get from Scott at this event that we hadn't heard at the, the previous event uh, well obviously it's between me and Scott <laughs> but uh, those of uh, well listeners to the podcast will, uh, will, will know that I don't mind the sound of my own voice so I had the first question <laughs> of the <laughs> evening John <laughs> Kel Surprise. Um, but I said um, I asked Scott how he felt the season had gone um, compared to his hopes at the start of the season and also sort of um, I did vent my frustration I said, uh, I said I was a bit grumpy because I feel like this season has mirrored last season and the season before that when really we probably should have done better uh, and I was chastised for that I was told not to be grumpy by Scott because um, we haven't flirted with relegation which for those of a sort of sensible disposition we haven't really for me who works out well Southampton are going to win every game Stoke are going to win every game and we're not going to score ever again it's a little bit uh, a little bit closer than that um, but yeah I think he, Scott, Scott speaks excellently I think he has a very very firm belief in the direction the football club are going a very firm belief in what Gino's doing um, and I think he definitely talks a good talk he's definitely a, a good speaker a good orator but I, he believes it and Gino believes it as well and I think 
we're in in safe hands um, and you and you get that feeling from nights like that they front up probably because they feel that I think if they thought they were on on shaky ground yeah. on quicksand uh, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic if you like they wouldn't do it because self-preservation right I think but I think that's one reason why they haven't done them early in the season you know things weren't great that isn't a time where you're going to have anywhere near a, you know for me you're not going to have a constructive uh, conversation with fans at that point where their heads are going to be all about how bad things were going so they timed them very well and I think that's the right thing you don't want to do them when when, when you know hell is uh, over our heads um, but is there anything particular about the players here Eunice Kabul you know not played much this year but he's around um, and Adrian Mariapa you know and everything we, we love about Adrian for these many years of service anything particular that you got from, from, their, uh, from them being at the event wider footballing point they all hate VAR Okay. So if you're a football fan and you don't agree with VAR, it, it's, it would appear that uh, the uh, the actual players themselves don't like it. Bearing in mind there's two defenders on the <laughs> panel, one of which could have potentially given away a penalty against Crystal Palace the uh, uh, a couple of days previous. So I could perhaps understand why they don't like VAR. Um, but um, yeah, we, they uh, they did mention Wilf. They mentioned Zaha in the game before, and uh, I think Adrian Mariapa was very honest as to whether or whether or not it wasn't a penalty or not. And uh, you can draw your own conclusions. I think. <laughs> So, so there, but um, with uh, slightly pertinent ahead of tonight, you could tell that Eunice Kabul really wanted Watford to beat Tottenham because uh, he was sort of uh, hoping to be fit, and there was a few sort of uh, eyebrows raised amongst the uh, the Watford officials saying you're probably not going to get a chance, Eunice. But um, when asked about whether Will Sahar was a one-off, and I think the, uh, the the nature of the question was, is he a one-off in the way he floats around the pitch? Uh, he took it as uh, is Wilson uh, Zahara one-off in terms of Harry dives. He was very quick to point uh, point the finger at a certain uh, Deli Ali as to being better than uh, than Zahara a, uh, a diving. So it's just a little nugget, and it do- doesn't sound as good me me repeating it tonight. But it just shows that you can you get an opportunity to ask honest questions of players, and they'll be honest with you. And it's uh, a fascinating fascinating insight, and I recommend that anyone who hasn't been there get along um, and even if you have to make a little bit of effort even if it's a bit of a journey it's worthwhile um, it's a real valuable insight into what our club actually is like and I think there's a thing like if you go you, you probably have to go to two the first one you want to sit and observe and look at what happens and the second one that's what you ask your question unlike you Michael who will go to the first event and ask the first straight question in. straight in <laughs> straight in um, but they are great events um, I think the club uh, if they're not doing any more this year they're, they're, they're definitely doing more in the future we're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! Mike, we're champions. Championé of the Ineptitude Index. Uh, I think that the Guardian do uh, every year, uh, adding up all the failures of football clubs. Uh, and they added it up uh, for the one this year. And Watford uh, were the, uh, the, the, the greatest inept team of uh, the 2017-2018 season. Um, a lot of clubs will look at our position and go, that's it's crazy, because the past winners have always been teams that have been relegated. We, though, know, and maybe feel, maybe over the top, it, it didn't feel that way, does it? It, did, it definitely feels like a season where it, that wasn't a surprising result. No, and uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a wonderful thing, very much tongue-in-cheek, very humorous thing mm. in The Guardian, where they attribute points... Um, for things that your team has done wrong so 
um, conceding last-minute winners, uh, throw-ins going to the opposition, just general yellow things. cards for taking your shirt off. Yeah, just general things that you really you want your football team not to be doing. Uh, and Watford came out pretty comfortably on top. <laughs> and, and as you said, John, they're the first team to come top of that table and uh, and not be relegated. And and yeah, we'll laugh about. It. I mean, my favourite um, my favourite thing that that Watford won was the amount of times that we'd given the the ball to the opposition from a throw-in. Yeah. I think it's over 200 times. I think it might have been about 260 times. And and, and, and you know, we're, we're talking at half-time at the Tottenham game. We've seen us we've seen ourselves shoot ourselves in the foot from a from a throw-in in our own half. Um, and it was almost accepted, wasn't it? It was almost just like, okay, well, we've managed to get it out for a throw into them. We've done, we've done all right. And part of me is, you know, I, was, I found on my computer the other day the little video we did about Jose Holobas and he, can he get to 15 yellow yeah. cards? And remember, and sort of, um, I winced a little bit because I remember a lot of Watford supporters felt felt that to be in, in bad taste, thinking, well, should we be celebrating um, Jose Holobas almost breaking a Premier League record? And and I get that. And my first, my first. Um, sort of uh, reaction to seeing this table of ineptitude was to giggle and to laugh and <laughs> yeah, think, yeah, 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 yeah get in there Watford you legends that's why you know that's why we love our heroes in yellow because they're you know hapless sort of uh, lovable rogues but then you sit down and think about it and think about what we've potentially given away and not given away but haven't been able to to grasp or or take advantage of and that the amount of goals we've conceded in the in past I think it's past 90 minutes in there and I think yeah. the line in the in the paper in the piece was if Watford have in the games that they conceded late goals, if they just lined 11 players up for the last two minutes of injury time, <laughs> we'd be in Europe. Yeah. And we were talking before the game with a, with a couple of fellow Watford supporters about how Brentford, uh, B- Brentford have qualified for Europe. They've done well. They haven't even made the playoffs <laughs> in the Championship. How Burnley are <coughs> yeah. basically planning for the, for the Europa League. And that's where we want to be. And we've seen how Burnley play. They're effective, but they ain't... Watford, you know, we have, I think we've got and someone did rightly point out on, on Twitter, how can you compare Watford to Burnley and you're right, you cannot, because Burnley have been effective consistently I would say Watford have got better players but they just haven't turned it in on a, on a regular enough basis, and that's, that's frustrating and that's, that's the point I made at, um, at the At Your Placing I feel like we should be better, and I think that was echoed by, by Scott, I think there will be a lot of uh, by Scott Duxbury, I think there will be a feeling within the club, that if it wasn't for silly mistakes, if it wasn't for ineptitude yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to use the Guardian phrase we, we would be in a much better position they've shown tonight so far at half time uh, at Wembley against Tottenham they can match it they can mix it with, with decent with decent sides um, but they've just blown it they've juggled it they've, they've dropped the ball far too many times this season and that for me has to be the thing you know we'll laugh at it if you haven't seen it check it out the Guardian table of ineptitude it is, it is amusing uh, but we don't come top of everything, which is uh, which is great. Disappointing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> annoying. Yeah, if we're gonna, we should have should have swept it. I mean, if you're gonna be your net, let's do it properly now. My my favourite one though is uh, how many uh, points we uh, gained or lost. I'm not quite sure how to say that uh, from uh, taking shirts off. Uh, and I thought, well, that's quite a positive thing because if we're celebrating again, yellow cards, then. You can't really play. A, you can't. I can't be a negative against. So surely, surely. Lack of discipline, John. With my serious hat on here. Um, and like you know, like, you're exactly right. You have a giggle about these things, and your first thought is, oh, we're taking yellow cards off for celebrating. That's good. We've scored a load of goals. When and your first thought is that. It's like, oh, well done. Little pat on the back. But actually, we haven't scored that many goals. There haven't been that many causes for celebration. Um, and I think, look, as a as a Watford supporter, as a as a as a follower of a club like ours, you have to be able to to laugh at yourself to a degree. But there is that little nagging doubt 
that we should have done better this season and I think that that table that article that that feature sums it up quite nicely if you haven't seen it do check it out um, it'll probably frustrate you um, but hopefully and I'm sure Watford will have seen it the players will have seen it um, and they need to cut this sort of stuff out but 265 times we've got our own throwing we've given the ball away come on lads from the rookery end so there we go we're leaving Wembley uh, a lot of Watford uh, it's unfortunate Michael uh, if I said to you they're winning the game uh, Michael um, Watford are going to go to Wembley and they're going to lose at Tottenham Hotspur you would have gone of course they are so if I said to you what would be the positive though you want to take from the game have you seen that tonight um, no not really I think again I've said this I've said this plenty of times on the podcast I said season in microcosm and I think at elite sport level, the difference is in the margins, isn't it? It's the, it's the extra little bits that you either do well or you don't do well. Uh, and unfortunately, the goal um, that we've conceded in the first half have come from a mistake from the goalkeeper. We've done that classic Watford thing and conceded a goal very early in the second half, so virtually ended it as a contest. I, I like to uh, dis- that that goal didn't happen because we were still in the concourse and I didn't see it. So it was 1-0 to Watford, <laughs> well, to our Tottenham. You, OK, I'll let you make, make representations <laughs> to, the, uh, to the Premier League in that, uh, in that regard. But I think... If Harry Kane can make goals up, then we can bloody make some goals <laughs> down. The frustrating thing is that Watford were very, very close um, to actually doing something this evening. They, they, they performed reasonably well. They recovered from, from going a goal, goal behind. Um, and they've, they've created chances in the first half, and then they've created at least one very, very good chance in the second half as well, with Richarlison blazing over from the uh, uh, from the penalty spot um, with the goal at his mercy. Hey, so, Michael, you're forgetting the ball went to the back of the net. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think Watford Watford have looked good in in parts this evening, which which absolutely you've asked me to look for positives, and, and there they are. Watford have shown glimpses of what can be done but again hasn't that been the case all season yeah, yeah so yeah. close yet yet really so far um, and I think that needs to be the takeaway from this season is that there's definitely the talent there there's definitely the the ability there and there's definitely uh, a Premier League squad there somewhere somewhere we don't see it enough um, you can't come somewhere like this make mistakes and then not take your chances but yet again, that's exactly what Watford's done. And you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not disappointed that we've come to Wembley and lost uh, against Tottenham. I'm disappointed that yet again we haven't done ourselves justice. Um, this could have easily been an upset tonight. The, 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 the reports won't say that. The stats probably won't back it up. Um, but with a bit of luck and a fair wind, this really could have been an, uh, an interesting result. And that's it's the story of our season. Yeah. So close and yet so far, but it feels... A long way off because we just need to be better in so many areas. We, we often talk at the end of a podcast. We say let's let's pick a game apart. We pick apart players, individuals. And you mentioned, you know, maybe there were the opportunities for Charles and maybe the opportunity for Andre Gray. Could you could you pinpoint though, maybe not a player, but a certain aspect where it, it was sort of uh, it shone a bit, but just not quite enough. Well, I think they move the ball once they get once they build up a head of steam. They move the ball around, move the ball around quite nicely. And I think once they have the beating of a, and it could be a simple passage of play, like one little turn pass around the corner, and you have the beating of the beating of the uh, uh, of the defender, and all of a sudden there's that little that little rush of adrenaline in the crowd. But you can see in the amongst the team as well, they have that belief again. But I I turned to you sort of halfway through the second half and said, 
I don't think this 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 unit believe that they can win. I think they believe they've got the talent individually, but I don't think they believe in themselves. And I said to you, is it not about believing in yourselves as a unit, or is it believing in an ethos? In a this is how we win football. This is how we win games of football. Is it is it a belief as as a an ability as a squad, or is it a belief in something specific? Yeah, well, I just don't think whether they. All too often, you know, we spoke earlier, we spoke at half-time about the, uh, the ineptitude table of which we, we finished top of. Top of the league. <laughs> top of the league. Champion, champion. Um, and that sort of tells you all you need to know. They probably, the defenders don't trust the people taking the throw-ins, the strikers don't trust the goal, you know, and so on and so forth. And I just don't think there's that, that belief, and it's an inherent thing. And we talked about Burnley as well, and I think, you know, they're not the greatest squad in terms of talent but what they do do is back each other and believe in each other and just keep going and they grind it out they grind it out they will not they will not give up uh, and I think there's just that's that's lacking I think we need you know the that's a belief in a team that's not a belief in an individual yeah I, and I think that's right I, I, I think that that ethic that culture um, and I don't think it's through want of trying. I think that absolutely everyone out there wants to do their best for the football club. They want to do them, the best for themselves personally. But I, for me, that's where it feels like we're, we're losing out. That a- absolute sort of unshakable belief that they can get something when it, wherever they turn up, whether it's away at Real Madrid, whether it's away at Tottenham, whether it's at home to Burnley and Huddersfield. You should have the same belief, ethos, um, approach and I, I just don't think I don't think it's quite there and that's where you, that's why I think we need this summer uh, and I think they need to take a look at themselves internally as to as to that culture and the sort of players they bring in the sort of players that they, they move on because if you're going to do well in the Premier League if you're going to have a, a season that we want us to have so challenging for a cup or challenging in the top half of the table you need to be really, really good, and you need to be really, really good often. Um, and we've been almost really good a lot. <laughs> we haven't been good often enough. It's close. It really is close. But we need to be better, and I think people need to be honest with themselves. The players need to be honest with themselves. Uh, the owners need to be honest with themselves. Uh, and it might be a, a change of culture. It might be a change in, in personnel. We're not far off, but it doesn't need to be far off for you to go for it to go wrong. Um, so we're a tipping point, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm coming away uh, two or three pints now. <laughs> okay. So, as, as a percentage of positivity, because you know Scott told you at the uh, at, at your place, don't be grumpy. As a percentage of pos- positivity, leaving this Watford game. Seeing a Delafay you no, on the look, pitch, look, anything. What no, percentage can you I'm grumpy. No, I'm definitely grumpy. <laughs> so a low then, you can say low percentage then. It was a low percentage because ch- there was chances there for us. There was an opportunity for Watford to do something interesting, to do something unexpected, to do something exciting. And it slipped through our fingers again. We're in the third year of a, of a campaign in the Premier League. It looks like we're going to stay in the division, which is absolutely fantastic. We could do better. I hope we will do better. Um, but it, it's, it's impossible for me as a supporter not to be disappointed on, on evenings like this where we show glimpses and don't follow it through. Well, I'm glad that... Um, in some ways, I'm, I'm really upset that Charlton didn't score because that would help to sell on fear if it ever happened. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that Delafoe didn't score, so that's not going to take up his fee uh, if uh, we finally actually get through to, to signing him. Uh, on to Newcastle. Um, winnable, all the way down there, or that you can say about those, those games. Um, uh, our last home game of the season... Um, it, it, 
a, a full-on Watford team at home doing their thing could easily win that game. Yeah, of course they can, but that's exactly what I'm saying. I think this Watford team could beat most teams in the Premier League. Certainly, certainly Newcastle shouldn't be relishing it. I'm sure they probably will. They see Watford as having a having a soft underbelly. It's a game we can go and win. It's still not too late. I said it after the Palace game. It's still not too late to end on the positive. We've got Manchester United away. We've got Newcastle United at home. How good would three three or four points be after that? Um, quite frankly, we just need to get more points and podcasts, surely. <laughs> Podcast over 40 now, lads. Over 40. Uh, thank you, Michael. You're going to run for the train. Yep. Um, if you are listening to the podcast, thank you much. Uh, do remember that on the weekend at the Newcastle game, there is a new edition of Golden Pages, uh, where our column, uh, where we, me, Mike and Jason, compare uh, which, which other clubs would you want to be like or not be like um, uh, in, the, in, the, in the football uh, uh, <laughs> world uh, plus uh, also there's another Haunted Heaven fourth, edi- uh, fourth episode uh, of this current uh, sixth season uh, of Haunted Heaven uh, which you can listen to uh, it's, it's really interesting this one because uh, it deals around a, a former Watford player manager um, John Johnny Allgood or John Goodall as he should be called but we called him all good uh, it's a fantastic event and uh, we'll find out a little bit more of him uh, next week's podcast uh, which we recorded uh, at the home game against Newcastle United so uh, we leave Wembley um, with uh, lots of other people who aren't in exactly uh, a happy place Michael but yeah come on come on you ords a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end